Hey, this is Jahan from Tiberius, and you're listening to the podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. I'm your host, Dario, and this is episode 61. We're recording this on uh, today is Wednesday, the 10th of June. Um, so we're recording this a, a week early because next week I'm going to have some exams uh, and I need to keep a clear head. Um, but um, yeah, so last week for you, you, you will have heard uh, an episode with Kairos, with Adam Warren from Kairos super awesome band from the UK as well. And yeah, this week we have Jahan from Tiberius from all the way from Scotland. Hey, how you doing? Very good. Thank you. Great to have you on the show. Um, yeah, without further, uh, further ado, let's j jump just right in as you might have heard in a previous episode of ours. Um, what's in your Walkman? What's ha what have you been listening to lately? Uh, it's a funny one because I think for a lot of my my normal day to day life pre Corona, I do a lot of driving for my my day to day job, which means I'm in the car for sort of you know three four hours a day sometimes, and that gives me the the best opportunity to try and listen to as much music as I possibly can because there's nothing else to do other than keep your eyes on the road. Yeah. But I think because I've been at home a lot more, my opportunity to listen to music's been a little bit different. So. Um, I've you know, been only been listening to music when I've been sort of out for walks or kind of cooking and stuff. And it's been a real bit of a mixed bag. So prog-wise, I've obviously been checking out the new kind of Protest the Hero singles, which are sounding awesome. Really can't wait for the, for the album to come out. I'm, I'm sure anyone listening to this that knows who I am is probably waiting for me to drop the protest bomb at some point. Um, I checked out some of the Ebon Ivory stuff, Dario, that you recommended to me. Um, I was really, really thoroughly impressed with that. So I've been digging them a lot. Um, I've had uh, you know Monument's latest album, Phronesis, on constant rotation. I just think that it's uh, such a such a such a good album. Um, and some of the sort of more, more left field stuff I've been listening to has been like you know um, the new Lady Lady Gaga album has been awesome. Okay. <laughs> a lot of people weren't expecting me to say that, but I think it's I think well, it's a real um, fantastic piece of work. Adam Adam actually uh, had Dua Lipa and. Uh, yeah, his uh, playlist. So, and I, I yeah, it's cool. I, I like to to change things up a little bit and not only have like the ten thousandth um, mention of, you know, Dream Theater or Genesis. yeah, totally. <laughs> I uh, I actually find myself listening to more varied things now than I probably than I probably do listen to just sort of straight up progressive metal. I think that's a really important thing to do is sort of sample music from all genres and. Um, I'm a real big fan of like 80s pop as well, um, some synthwave stuff, um, sort of old school kind of metal as well. You know, it's just a bit of everything, really. Yeah. Have you heard the new album from Volcor X? It's a, I haven't. It's no. A, um, it's a French. Be checking it out. A French uh, synthwave artist, and it's uh, really amazing. It's like the your planet belongs to us now or something he's he's like this funny concept that he that this volcor x um uh you know yeah persona is uh is an alien like coming to right okay coming to earth and and yeah 
uh, annihilate cool. the planet. <laughs> I'll take, take out. I like things planet. like that. It sounds pretty, pretty fun. I think that's what it should be yeah. all about, is having a bit of fun with your music. So yeah, you check that out. Um, yeah, I also brought uh, a relatively new song uh, today. I, I will only recommend one song today, and it's kind of a timely song, like it's strangely fitting song for these times, sadly. Uh, and it's uh, Strange Fruit, the cover that Oceans of Slumber put out a couple of weeks ago. Right, okay. Actually. Is that not a Kate Bush song or something? No, way before that. A Billy Holiday, I think, made a play right, okay. in the 30s. And it was about the the lynchings in the, in the, in, uh, in the southern parts of the United States at the beginning of the last century. And uh, so it's 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 a hard a heavy heavy topic as it is and then yeah. with with uh Cammy's uh um, soulful vocals and then with the times that are got like with the with the stuff that's going on in the world right now it's even more bone chilling to to hear this song um sung by Cammy and um yeah, uh, they they also have a, a new single for their upcoming album. They they just um, announced their upcoming self-titled album for September, and they also have like the first single that will gonna be on this album. But Strange Fruit was a standalone single, and I cannot recommend enough to listen to it. Um, I'm gonna check it out, man. I think that sounds <laughs> like a really um, poignant time to listen to it as well i think a lot of people will be you know trying to shy away from what's going on out there maybe they've you know been saturated on social media and i think it's a really important thing that we don't that we force ourselves to be almost engulfed with what's going on and really take it on so yeah i'm definitely going to check that track out and i suggest that all your other listeners do too yeah that's that's exactly why why i wanted to include this song in the show and give it a shout out with yeah, that out sense. of the way, um, <laughs> dude, you have a band. <laughs> that band is called I do. Tiberius. I'm so sorry, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure uh, my my credit card is pretty pretty sore as well right now. So yeah, uh, for all intents and purposes, and my financial foibles and whatever more, I've got a band. Yeah, uh, tell us a little <laughs> bit about it. I guess a lot of uh, people haven't heard about you guys yet you're called tiberius and you're from edinburgh in Scotland. yeah that's right i mean we're we're <laughs> I, we're still a you know an undercard band i think is probably fair to say um and I, you know i think there's a lot of contributing factors to that we started in 2014 and we decided to kind of try and just be the local band for a little bit you know for for some of us it was our <clears throat> you know it was our first band it was just for me for my, it was my first originals band and I think it took us a few years to kind of figure out what we were doing. You know, I know that, I mean, I've, I've tracked all the Tiberius EPs and releases in my house. So it was uh, every EP, we learned something different. We learned how to get that little bit better. And on this album, I think it's just kind of pushed me to really figure out exactly what I need to do. And had a lot of friends helping me, a lot of speaking to people. But yeah, ultimately we started in 2014. It was, uh, it was an idea for... I just left music music uni, I guess, and it was an opportunity for me to go, right, I'm not doing anything, you know, guitar-wise now, other than working in a guitar shop and teaching a little bit. 
well, how can I how can I kind of keep my hand in and you know make sure that I don't lose all these chops I spent six hours a day trying to learn, you know, and trying to improve on. So it was a, an idea to kind of start a band, write really challenging music, and sort of push myself. And uh, brought my friend Chris, who's the other guitarist, along for the ride. He wanted to improve as a guitar player, so we kind of wrote and sort of challenged each other with these different riffs that we were coming out with. And uh, yeah. Grant, um, our singer, lived with Chris, and we always had an idea that we wanted to bring him on as our vocalist. Um, he's sort of been a, a kind of longtime friend of mine from college, and he sort of introduced me to the rest of my my now friend group. And we kind of, you know, one of the really big important things about Tiberius is that we're all we're friends first, and I think that's why a lot of the dynamic works really well. Um, I knew Ryan from college; he was the year above me. Um, Grant sang in a band with him, with um, John Lord from Deep Purple, actually. Uh, he had an opportunity to play with him, which was really cool. Wow. And yeah, so we kind of, we've all known each other and all been in the same friendship circle before Tiberius really happened. And I think that's a really, I think that's been one of the kind of positive things from us, you know, that we can, we can do that. Yeah, great. And uh, you already mentioned that you have a couple of EPs out. Like the first one was a self-titled EP in 2015. The yeah. second one was called The Beautiful Ones in 2017, both four-track yeah, right. EPs. Yep. And then uh, what I found interesting when I looked at the, uh, the discography on Bandcamp, it says the single um, Dissipate came out yeah. in March 2018. Is that right? That's right, yep. That's absolutely right, yeah. But it, it still ended up on your upcoming debut full-length album a peaceful annihilation yeah. that's coming out on the 20 26th of june 6th of june yeah so um, not not long now yeah <laughs> and by the time uh, by the time you're listening here that's even less time so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it was a bit of a lonely single um i think again this goes back to you know tiberius being kind of the first band for a lot of us and our first kind of proper band where we we had to learn as we went you know and none of us had any sort of um, previous experience of being in a band that was, you know, trying to schedule releases or trying to capture a wider audience than our sort of local music scene. So we released, um, I think a lot of it was to do with, you know, we we were aware that the sort of production on our first two EPs was maybe kind of a little bit too raw for some people. Maybe didn't showcase what we were, you know, quite good at. And, you know, maybe, maybe the songwriting wasn't as sort of nuanced or developed as it is now. And we thought, right, well, what at one point we nearly actually decided to um re-release both eps retract reproduced you know sort of do like a sort of tiberius 2.0 um and then we thought well actually i'm writing this new song why don't we just move forward and let's do let's release this and go here here is what we're about now and you know up up our game production wise up our game songwriting wise and um do, do our first music video and start to take things a little bit more seriously and we got some good recognition from that we got to you know do a little tour off the back of it we got to play some more shows and it opened us up to you know kind of a festival slot so it was all you know real positive and we thought that with the album coming out um it was a it, it, the song still really fitted within the theme and it just felt like it was such a big point in our sort of musical career and our development that it would be a shame not to honor that song in a bigger body of work mm-hmm so yeah, we decided to put it on the album. 
All right, so cool. What 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 else happened between 2018 March 2018 and now? Um, uh, I mean, have you been like writing songs constantly and like just uh, collecting them until you had a full full length release completely written and then went into the studio and recorded it or how how did the process go? It was a it was a strange one. I think that um so in twenty eighteen we had our first kind of UK headline tour where we played played I think about eight dates over ten days in April. Then we done a few kind of warm up shows and then we played um main stage of Tech Fest in twenty eighteen, which was really cool. And then we decided that right, it's time to stop stop playing shows for a little while, stop, you know, playing this EP material and actually go back and let's let's get to work on this album. So we'd had kind of, you know, quite a bit of it written, I think. I think by that point we had about nine songs written by the end of 2018. And then um, they still needed a bit of finessing and a little bit of work. So we took some time to sort of tweak the songwriting a little bit and just get it right. Um, Chris, the other guitarist, went off to... New Zealand to travel for a few months and I, I will admit that things kind of slowed down a little bit there because we um, we wanted to try and continue working on the songs but the idea of a, a four-month break was just too tempting <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but in that time you know we, we did we did work on things and sort of kind of tweak tweak our some of our songs and when he came back it was it was time to start tracking so we started tracking sort of early 2019 I would say um, and then we just realized that ultimately, even though we had these guitar profiles, you know, I'm sure every most kind of modern music bands are now, you know, writing their songs in Guitar Pro. But when you, when you put these things into, like, you know, a, a Logic project or a Pro Tools project and you start tracking them, you know, the songs then start to come to life. And then you know, the real songwriting for us really begins. What we had there was a skeleton and we started fleshing out all these ideas and changing arrangements and then adding things and going, well, what if we did this? What if we'd done this? And, you know, new instrumentation took place and um, different, you know, just just playing around with vocal harmonies and influences and just try to bring different elements in to really make the songs what they are now, um, which is, for me, is a really exciting part. And because it's our first album, we really wanted to take the time to get that right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we we talked now a little bit about the history of the band, how it, how the band started, and uh, yeah, the the history leading up to that first full length album, Peaceful Annihilation. But we haven't actually touched the subject. Uh, yeah, what how how does Tiberius sound <laughs> for 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 the listeners that have never heard of you before? It's it's a tricky one, and I think we I think we um, we ride some very very I would say almost tight lines, I guess, because I think um, there's a whole lot of influences from sort of modern progressive metal, you know, um, as well as some old school aspects. I mean, we're all real big fans of you know likes of Iron Maiden, um, you know, but we also have some new we also have some new newer influences like. Uh, protest the hero 12 foot ninja vola coherent cambria between the buried and me and the contortionist and while these some of these influences might not immediately jump out to you um they are there um i think i think one of the things that people say to us is our music is quite dense and when you start to peel back some of those layers you start to hear a little bit more of 
specifically all oh, right okay maybe that's what they're going for there or maybe that's there but yeah we have quite a lot going on on top of each other that sometimes it does just sound like a bit of a wall of sound but i think that's i think that's just you know um i think if you were to you know cut my brain open that's what you would find <laughs> yeah i can totally agree with that uh statement especially um yeah the first two bands you actually mentioned like the first band you mentioned uh, on the show today and also the first uh band you uh specif specified about the like old school metal when when i yeah. first listened to the album i had i had like immediately the uh feeling of a, yeah of a, a love child of uh protest the hero and iron maiden <laughs> yeah i think with grant's voice we're never going to escape that <laughs> you know it's but it's it's a cool thing because there's very few you know I, 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 this is going to sound lame but like i like for me grant's a very talented singer and i'm really privileged to get to work with him and uh you know having him as a friend's been really cool so being able to do that and you know within i think within the sort of progressive metal genre anyway there's not an awful lot of singers that are similar to grant in that sort of way there seems to be sort of archetypal vocalists you know you're either a screamer or you've got quite a quite a high-pitched airy clean voice uh, but there's uh, there's very few i think within our scene that's kind of doing what grant does with his voice and i think some people might find that jarring or maybe just a little bit different and it you know it takes a little while to get used to um, but yeah, I would say it's a kind of a, a, a defining feature that separates us from quite a few bands. I think it it really fits the music as it uh, it takes on the yeah energetic forward driving sound more. When when you think of uh, like the more uh the, like singers like you know Einar Solberg uh, from Leprous yeah. or or Jim Gray from Caligula's Horse they have this like very soft um um yeah falsetto head voice quality yeah, um, absolutely. to it and um yeah you, I, I just said I have the feeling your music is like too 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 fast forward uh, without being <laughs> not proggy um, like too too energetic in a yeah in a metal sense uh, and also yeah. like tempo wise, it 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 needs a lot of uh, yeah. It, it like, needs to like, have yeah, something that can some, carry some, it. Some, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think a lot of that comes from just again our sort of background in sort of old school old school heavy metal. You know, I'm a big as I say Iron Maiden fan. I'm a big extreme fan as well. Um, you know, I, I grew up listening to tons of different music, but I went through phases of, you know, like Halloween or uh, Sonata Arctica with Tony Kako and yeah. um, you know, loads of different stuff. So I think uh, I think that it seems to be that the more people speak to me and the rest of the guys about what we're into, I think a lot of it makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? so, so what's your favorite Halloween singer? <laughs> Have you have you seen the? You're like, expecting me to remember the, his name the, now. The the the, re, the reunion uh, gig with all three. Have you seen that in Wacken? Was that the one? In, was that the one in Brazil? No, in Wacken, like two two years ago, I think. Two years ago. I remember Wacken. I recently watched. Um, I recently watched something on, on YouTube that was a live show with the two singers, um, singing obviously I Want Out because uh, Keeper of the Seven Keys is mm -hmm. the best album. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, I, I'd have to go with the original. I can't remember his name. I'm really sorry, but uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a hell of an album. And uh, well, yeah, I think the, a lot I, of what I, I do is probably 
subconsciously rooted in some of that old school stuff I used to listen to. I'm, I'm, I still do. I have to admit here, I'm not uh, that firm on on that history of metal bit as well because I'm not sure if like I think. I think Kai Hansen was the first singer from Gamma Ray. Like, or no, Kai Hansen, yes. uh, like, quit Halloween to form Gamma Ray, or how was it? That sounds about right. Um, <laughs> Gamma Ray, again, another awesome uh, band that I used to listen to when I was probably around about 14. Um, they were awesome. I'm trying to remember that. What was their big hit again? That was a great song. I just uh, was, I just remembered the song Gamma Ray, but that was not Kai Hansen singing. That was actually Ralph Shapers from Primal Fear singing. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so uh, the power metal scene is a very incestuous uh, scene, I think, just because there's very few singers that can actually do it. So they probably all just share their share their guys out, you know. Yeah, that was. <laughs> they all just move around one one degree. I think it was. It must have been. Yeah, end of eighties, beginning of nineties. Yeah. Um, during that period, so I guess both both of us were were like coming into this music uh, later. Um. I uh, yeah right. Uh, so um. Yeah the the other one would be um, Michael Kiske. I'm not sure who oh, was yeah. who was the first one, but I think it was Kai Hansen. In my yeah, in my yeah. head it was Kai Hansen, but I could be very wrong. You just you know, <laughs> there's uh, like you say, it was a very incestuous time with everyone sharing singers. So uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, the Halloween fans will lynch us now for this like butchering the timeline. <laughs> yeah, it's tricky. I, you know, it's uh, <laughs> I um, come on. Yeah, if was, there was ever a time to to not play Germany, now is probably it. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, um, yeah, it's, we, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where I can only remember so many singers and band members, and yeah. I think when you're 14, you're not trying to, you're not fit, focusing on the, uh, well, me and I'm not focusing on the members so much as the music, other than maybe the guitar players of some bands, you know, yeah. uh, being a, a guitarist first and foremost. Yeah, um, we you, you just said uh, yeah something about playing in Germany. We might uh, uh, touch on the subject of playing live later, maybe, uh, probably. Um, Is it okay if I cry? <laughs> okay, um, my my colleague and uh, uh, yeah, a technical uh, director here just handed me a really nice book called Damn the Machine. Oh, yeah? uh, the story oh, of noise records, okay. um, forward by Hansi Kirsch of Blind Guardian. It's a, and there he showed me Halloween got its start as Gentry in 1978, the brainchild of guitarist Kai Hansen and guitarist voc vocalist Pete Silk. Yeah, and all right, yeah, yeah Pete Silk. So he was originally the guitar player. Yeah, and yeah, that as well. And Pete Silk also had like there was another band Pete Silk did later, but I can't remember the name now. Anyway, thank, <laughs> thank, thank you, Randy. Um, Welcome to Powercast. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Well, let's go back to the peaceful annihilation. Uh, yeah. We talked about the music uh, in depth, uh, a little bit more in depth now, and and the particular um, influences there. When I listened to it for the second or third time last night, um, one 
at one point I um at one point I uh thought okay this uh, these lyrics that I'm hearing are really interesting and and I reach out to you if you can uh get me a, a lyrics sheet actually um yeah uh so can you fill us in uh, about the themes and topics you're talking in the album and who 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 wrote the lyrics was it uh, like a band effort was it like your vocalist or uh... oh yeah of course um well first of all i would say that grant our singer wrote the lyrics i think there's um you know that he is probably the most well read out of all of us and uh, I mean, he's a PhD student. The man lives in books, and he's, uh, you know, he, he's a lot smarter than I am. But yeah, so he would he would start. He he wrote the lyrics. I mean, you know, when we were recording, we'd maybe tweak things just so it would flow better or whatever. But ultimately, they were uh, they were written by by Grant completely. Um, we so the album the, the title of Peaceful Annihilation kind of gives you an idea of the, the kind of broad spectrum what we're dealing with. It's uh, you know, we are quite a I would say political i wouldn't i don't know if i want to say political probably just we've got our finger on the pulse of a lot of issues and uh, we wanted to kind of talk about them you know there's there's songs in there about you know um sort of overcoming toxic relationships there is songs that deal with um domestic abuse there's songs that deal with um sort of our, our sort of faith in technology extinction prevention those kind of things um and even cults uh, so if you if you look at the last song, Kai Tuma, if you um, Google the word Kai Tuma, figure out what that's from. There's a nice little uh, piece of knowledge there for anyone that checks it out. But um, ultimately, you know, we, we wanted a title um, to reflect the idea that we're, we're talking about, you know, chaos in the world that's maybe behind closed doors or you might find at home or it's not just, you know, these big, you know, end of the world wars you know and things like that there's a there's a whole lot of uh there's a whole lot of other bad stuff going on in the world that is um like i say almost behind closed doors or hush talked about in hushed tones and uh, yeah we wanted to we wanted to talk about those things um mm. and the idea you know the idea of of a, a peaceful annihilation <laughs> all right um very interesting and uh yeah uh, i think it's always great to see bands uh, like putting em emphasis on on meaningful lyrics and, and, yeah. and when they want really want to say something with it. Um, a, a last aspect, um, like uh, from a creation cre creational standpoint uh, mm -hmm. for the album, and also actually all the singles and EPs. If I look at the timeline here. Uh, it looks like you've been working with the same artist for the cover artwork uh, for for all of them. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Um, Alex um, Spencer, who, um, if you're looking for her artwork, is Alexa Bishon on most social medias um, or Old Bones Emporium. So Alex is actually Chris's girlfriend. Um, and we've always been a big fan of her art, even before those two got together. And in fact, I think a lot of us have actually got some of her original artwork in our houses. I own, I think, at least three pieces of her work. Um, there's a few, um, actually. I've, in fact, I've got four, as well as some uh, some other pieces uh, dotted around me. Um, and I think that her artwork is really nuanced, and there's a lot going on. It's very dense. It's got beautiful line work, um, 
I think it reflects the music that we um, make quite well. There's always a lot going on. There's always a lot of detail. And I think uh, the longer you look or the longer you listen to something, you always find something more. And uh, yeah, I think it works out really, really well for us. Plus, another thing about Tiberius is we're always looking to support the people around us, you know, and um, we're, we've got an opportunity to support one of our artist friends. In fact, one of the T-shirts that we've uh, got for this merch run is designed by one of our other very good friends, um, Sophie Bellingham, who who designed our long sleeve. And she, again, she's another great artist and tattoo artist as well. And we, so, yeah, again, we, we like to support um, the, the people close to us in any way we can. Awesome. Uh, looking at the cover artworks now, I, I see the cover artwork for the single Dissipate, which we talked about earlier in the show. Um, and I think I remember seeing a, a like a time-lapse video like yeah. where she was drawing it. That was like... Yeah. Like 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 a mandala, super soothing and amazing to watch. <laughs> it's very therapeutic, isn't it? I mean, that's one of the beauties of kind of modern technology. I think uh, it's been able to sort of record every line that you make and then watch it back in a video. I mean, a lot of our work uh, that Alex does is completely hand-drawn and it's then digitized at the last minute. So, for example, the Peaceful Annihilation artwork um, exists as a watercolor painting first. Yeah, and then we scan that in in Illustrator, and then um, it's then you know sort of lined out, etc. But yeah, all all of these pieces exist as physical pieces of art um, first. Um, but I think actually dissipate is one of the first ones that was actually just purely digitized. But yeah, everything else we do is um, it starts off as physical artwork. Yeah, I absolutely love if you look at the at at like a band's discography and like you know Maiden, you know, you have like there's like yeah you know it just by there's the an element of consistency it, there yeah yeah absolutely that uh and sometimes it's so weird if you look a look a band up and you look there looking at their discography and there are like so many style different styles and and um um different logos maybe at yeah. some point but on the other hand it might also depend on the band and also on the development of the band um, for example, if I think about Le Leprous, uh, for example, they changed their style also quite significantly musically uh, yes. over the last 10 years. Um, so, of course, there's bound to be uh, that th that this also is reflected in the cover artwork, right? <laughs> no, of course. I mean, you look at some of their early stuff and then you compare it to things like, um, you know, uh, like Bilateral or Molina and the artwork on these albums is is very very different and um, yeah it's it, i think it works for some bands I, I have a sort of similar problem or not problem or similar sort of thing with um producers i guess so where our production on albums so for example you listen to you know you listen to an albums a, a range of albums from an artist or a band and they've kept the same sort of producer or engineer or person who does the mastering quite consistent for a number of years and then they bring out a new release and it's a kind of whole new <laughs> You know, personnel of people, and you're just like, what? What the hell am I listening to? This is a different thing, and it just takes you a minute or two just to readjust. Um, yeah, I, I get that. With um, I can get how you would get that with artwork as well. So, so sometimes it also doesn't work out. Like, what, what was the story with uh, Nevermore's Enemies of Reality? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I haven't listened to much Nevermore if I'm completely honest, but yeah, I I do remember a few people saying it was very very different. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but actually, you 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 were just going into the production um, into the production side of things, and I just uh, um, yeah, I just recon- I just noticed here that uh, um, a peaceful annihilation was actually. Mixed and mastered by Merrick De La Fuente. De La Fuente, I think yeah. it is. Yeah, Merrick. Um, Merrick. Uh, from uh, Exist Immortal. Yes. He's a, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's a real good guy. <laughs> we, um, when, we were, when we were recording Dissipate, we wanted... The, the clear thing for us was, let's get the production right now. Okay? Let's, uh, let's step up our game. Let's see what happens when we spend X amount of money and we look for someone that's out with our sort of you know, comfort zone of friends because the first EP was... Um, mixed mixed by our original drummer, and we had it mastered by Alan Douches at West West Music, who's oh, wow. a a big name from a lot of guys. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was cool. You know, I think we learned, uh, you know, about the uh, the sort of what each process does in that in that respect. And then we got um, Pedro Valiani of uh, Frontier and Section, who's a very good friend of ours, to um, mix our second EP, which was. Mm-hmm mastered by brad boatwright who does a lot of the converge stuff and then we decided right oh, okay, okay cool we've we've had two quite raw sounding eps and you know they sound good in their own right and they're they were right for what we were doing at the time and we thought right let's go let's look at what happens when we really polish this up so we we had a, we looked at a few options you know the sort of usual usual guys at that sort of kind of price point or whatever and kind of who's making who's making music we like at that time and uh, it came down to us speaking to Merrick, who we met because we played a show with Exist Immortal in Edinburgh. And we sort of put the feelers out, checked out what he was doing I, I, at the I was time. Just about we really to... liked the sound of the Exist Immortal records. Sorry, I was just uh, about to ask you if you guys met at uh, TechFest maybe. Or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, we bumped into him a bunch of times. Um, but by this point, we already knew Merrick from... Uh, from playing in Edinburgh. Yeah. That was uh, that was a real cool show actually and it was uh it was kind of one of our first shows where we got to play with another tech band, really, I would say, because there's not there wasn't really there's not much of a kind of progressive or tech metal scene up here. Um I mean there's lots of artists that have uh, predominantly gone online. Yeah. You know, we're we're we're, uh, we're we're certainly rich in those kind of artists, but we don't have an awful lot of I would say local bands in inverted commas uh, <laughs> that are playing the sort of progressive tech metal music that we do yeah yeah but, but you, you're right um um excess immortal is just uh, an insane band I, I saw them i saw them at complexity fest a couple of years back uh, oh yeah i love and, that festival man it's such a good festival and they're, they're la- like still to date last album breathe it's just uh, just a banger one one hit after the after another and they're finally yeah. coming up with a with a follow up album, so I'm also excited. Yeah, so about the single that. for it was it Dust Cloud dropped a few weeks ago. Yes, uh, two two weeks, not too long ago. Yeah, two weeks yeah. ago, and um, I think it's fantastic. I think it's great. I think they've really hit their stride now. Uh, the visuals for that music video as well are beautiful. They've got a bit of a sort of synth wave vibe going on with a big sort of kind of rising sun style yeah, logo it, behind it, them. It, it I'm, actually I'm looked it. it actually looked a lot like the Affinity cover from Aiken. <laughs> Yeah, it does. <laughs> Although I don't think anyone can trademark that sort of uh, synthwave, retrowave style logo anymore. I think no. everybody's taking it. <laughs> yeah, right. But it's, uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a great song, and I think they've I think they've done really really well. And yeah, Merrick's a great guy. He's uh, and just going back to sort of why we chose him, we went with Dissipate as a sort of almost a bit of an acid test to kind of go right. Okay, here's what happens when we do some production and we, we go with someone that kind of 
kind of gets us a little bit more is doing sort of similar music to us already and uh, i mean he's a super versatile guy he does lots of different styles of music and i think that suits us quite well because we aren't just a straight up progressive metal band or we don't just do you know like gent or whatever we do you know there's there's gospel sections there's disco bass lines there's all sorts of stuff going on and we need someone that is willing to just bend to that and kind of figure out well okay well here's what this needs i mean you know we, we have like shakers and stuff on our tracks and in places and we needed someone that was willing to just um attack it from a sort of multi-genre point yeah. of view yeah and if that, if that makes sense you know yeah absolutely and the existing model is like uh, uh it was so cool to when, when they played here in munich i um yeah i spent some time with the guys and it was so interesting for me to to uh, find out that they're like uh, a lot of their main influences are actually hip hop artists and and that yeah. that kind of sound that's where they get their grooves and riffs from that's where they get th their this inspiration from absolutely <laughs> i think one of the, i think the guitar player one of them is actually not mikey the other guy he is a, a hip hop artist on the side as well yeah which makes a lot of sense yeah that that was totally eye opening to me actually um um yeah another thing that we also mentioned before already um you you've done a fair share of live uh gigs before now of course that's not possible at this <laughs> moment in time um yeah it was uh there, there, it's, a, it's a real good year to be uh, releasing a debut album i'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah there, this uh there would have uh, there would have been the show that where we might have met um in london uh for the novena uh the al the album launch show yeah that album was, uh, that's, show. that's I really had... disappointing i really do feel for harrison and the guys yeah big I, time for that one i i had plane tickets i had i uh, had an airbnb oh, booked <laughs> i would have been Look, there man we all we all had we all had plane tickets to something that got ruined <laughs> i had uh i'm still fighting with EasyJet to get my uh tickets for prime fest back i was really excited to go and see prime oh, fest yeah. and check out copenhagen but yeah i'm still in the uh the argument with the airline to get my refund <laughs> yeah I've, i have to do that as well uh but i have i was like pushing it off because they said yeah you can book another flight and i was like at this point i don't know when i'll be able to go yeah, somewhere exactly. so how am i That's supposed to book another flight right now um yeah the, the future is so uncertain i think that's the big thing um and yeah i was the same you know where it was a case of i'd rather have my money back and it's in my bank than you know speculate on a flight to somewhere that you just you just don't know 12 18 months from now where it's going to be yeah yeah you still have um for this year at least you have still have two um uh, events two festivals like in your schedule um yes we do yeah so we have um we have power power metal quest fest at the end of september and then we have um radar fest in october and uh, so far those guys are still going ahead with their festivals and we're really excited to play them um, like I say, it was a sort of it was going to be a big year for us, <laughs> as I'm sure it was for a number of bands. Uh, we'd planned a sort of small run of uh, dates with Shattered Skies. We uh, we were right. going to do a number of kind of festivals and hopefully you know try and do a few more towards the end of the year. 
Um, and so, yeah, now, I mean, sort of as everyone is kind of planning, it's going to be a case of planning for 2021 and, and beyond uh, other than those festival dates, I think is a safe thing. I mean, we've got, I put on a, a few shows a year um, in, in Edinburgh and surrounding areas and I've got a venue booked for October um, for something and we just we just don't know if it's going to go ahead yet. Yeah. So we haven't announced anything or uh, we haven't um, we haven't announced a lineup for that because again we, we, we just don't know. Yeah. And, um, the other kind of kind of concerning thing for I think a lot of bands is I mean everything that Tiberius does is all booked off of our own back. We don't have any management or representation. We are completely independent. Um, any gigs that we get, it's usually by me emailing and begging or you know harassing <laughs> in some cases <laughs> and yeah so i think with the market going to potentially be saturated next year for live events you know bands like us that don't have representation might struggle to get um to get in with promoters that are maybe just speaking to their friends with booking agents because there's already a relationship there um you know the public might not be you know super forthcoming and wanting to expose themselves to a thousand other sweaty people um yeah or you know in our case 25 <laughs> but uh you know it's it, it it really depends it's it's a real it's a real challenge uh, about what to do about next year and how that's going to play out yeah we i think uh all we can do is uh be patient and see what it's yeah, going to be i mean there's a, there's a greater good at stake here that i think we can all forego our uh our live music festivals and our, our live events for the sake of, you know, saving humanity, essentially. And while I do really feel for those guys and bands that, that rely on this income and things like that, I have to applaud those bands that have adapted their business model to to um, survive. You know, the guys are now doing live stream concerts like Lepress. I mean, I, I don't know if you watched that one, but that was awesome. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. We in the UK or certainly in Scotland aren't able to do things like that yet because we're not allowed to be in the, the same room as people that are uh, from other households so it's it's very hard for us to do things like that um but a, anyone that's been able to very quickly a, adapt their business model as a band um is just really impressive and i think they really do deserve a lot of credit for that yeah right um i was actually toying with the idea also to go to radar festival let's see what what happens but UK Tech Fest 2021. I think that looks a little bit more likely at this point and um, looks like you will be playing there as well, right? Yeah, so we've um, we've committed to Tech Fest for next year. Um, we've said that we're willing to play it. As far as I'm aware, that means we're playing. Um, but, you know, with these, it's, it's so far away right now that, you know, anything could happen. I mean, next year ultimately is their 10-year anniversary as well so i don't know if they're just going to bump that a year and then make 2022 their 10-year anniversary or they're going <laughs> to just own it and go right this is it that'll be interesting yeah uh, but yeah as far as we're concerned we're, we're we're playing next year and we're we're also rescheduled for the, te the, the, the you know the the shows that we we lost out in this year so for example red crust festival in edinburgh which is a bit of a a bit of a mixture of fringe genres i would uh, from the metal scene i would suggest i'd say mm -hmm. um we're playing that um, on, I think, again, it'll be the Saturday. Um, we're sort of, you know, trying to, any, any commitments that we had for this year, we're trying to push to next year as much as possible. Yeah. Well, I, I already made, like, uh, in my mind, I made the commitment that uh, UK Tech Fest was going to be 
my <laughs> number one summer festival I wanted to go to, and then Radar popped up uh, as well with a sick lineup. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah. But, well, not, not, we'll see how that spreads out over the next <laughs> one and a half years. I don't know. Um, anyway, it's been great talking to you, Jahan. Thank you so yeah, much you for too, being Thank on you the, the podcast. Um, really appreciate this. Thank you. Uh, all the best with the release of your debut full-length album, A Peaceful Annihilation. Go listen to it. Go stream it. Go buy it on Bandcamp. Uh, are, are there any like special editions? Special? Or I see there's like some T-shirt bundles. That's yeah, cool. so we're doing some T-shirt bundles, merch bundles. These are these sort of usual thing that we we try and do for pre-orders. Um, you know, there's there's you know a couple of different merch options. Um, we're we're toying with the idea of doing a of a vinyl at some point, but you know we have to we have to sort of gauge interest first. But at the moment, you can buy physical CDs from us, T-shirts, and uh, we might even have some bottle openers left. You know the the, the usual the usual good band stuff. <laughs> All right, great. All the best with the release, and yeah, I would say see you at Techfest next year latest. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks very much, Darren. I really appreciate this. All right, thanks guys for listening. Uh, as always, don't forget to check out the Spotify playlist. Um, I will put all the songs, like uh, also Tiberius Best Of kind of together for you guys. And also, of course, the uh, the other songs that Jahan and I mentioned at the beginning in the What's In Our Walkman section. Take care of yourselves, take care of your loved ones, listen to great music and see you next week. The broadcast is a production of Stuus Media and is recorded at the Moonbase Studios in Munich. It is produced by Randy M. Salo, Janine Stengel-Lewis, Blake Lewis, Kai Metzner, and Dario Albrecht. Our theme music is by This Is Not An Elephant.